Sunday, the 16th of April. Welcome to the Williams and Bloom podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. We are, of course, as always, presented by our friends at MacDyne and the MacDyne Corporation. I'd like you to go to MacDyne.com and check out their job openings. Always uh, looking for Iowa Staters. This is a company built by Iowa Staters. A bunch of technology companies is what, yeah, what is MacDyne, you ask? You know, I've toured the place a couple times, and I don't even always know because they do so much cool stuff. That's why I want you to go to MacDyne.com, check out more of what they have to offer. Perhaps it is a potential match with you and your company, or perhaps you'd like to go and, and work there. That's where they'd like to get their employees from the Iowa State He's University. Chris said he's not available the next couple weeks. He's doing like an employee trip to yeah. Costa Rica. Or he's something. taking his like MVP employees to Costa Rica. Man, talk about it. What a place to go. Oh my gosh, I'd like to work for him. Mm. Tell me about it. Great company there. Go to MacDyne.com. Real quick, that is spelled M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. You just heard me taking a sip of Cody Road here in the Cyclone Fanatic home office in beautiful Bondurant. Uh, I, I don't know what, what our friend Hope Wood, who's, you know, she does the wills, the will in a day. She may be like, hey, uh, Chris, slow down on the uh, Cody Road. Cool that down a little bit. Maybe. Well, maybe it's another reason why I need to schedule an appointment. If, if you go to hopewoodjd.com, that is hopewoodjd.com, up in the right corner, there's a schedule appointment tab. You can do that. Her deal, she makes a will in a day. We're getting old. Yeah. You know, our audience is aged with us. We've got kids. We've gotten old. And this is something that every every single one of us needs to have. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. It says on Hope's website, leave a legacy for your loved ones, not a to-do list. Pretty darn. That's good. That's good. That's good. Pretty good point right good there. Marketing. Hopewoodjd.com. Here's what's coming up on tonight's show. We're going to talk a little bit of basketball recruiting as things are, I think, wrapping up for the Iowa State basketball program in the offseason. We will look ahead to Saturday's spring game for football. We've not talked a ton of spring football here on the podcast, and it's not that we've been ignoring, it's just been so much other stuff. We're going to do a little more football here tonight than we have been. We're also going to talk about an interesting NIL story that I think is developing. I want to pick Bloom's brain about that. Let's fire up a little English before we get to tonight's show. Bring the horns. Horns. Yeah. It's a damn good song. You know? It really is. Like, I just don't know if we old. talk about it enough. Uh, English is talented. Talented son of a bitch he that is, guy is. That guy. He's come a long way from playing in the Cafe B back room. Wherever that was, remember, remember we watched him. There, once. there was the bar on right off of Welch on Lincoln Way. Maybe it wasn't Cafe B. Was that? Yeah, it was that bar? What was that bar call, called? 
I don't remember now. Do you remember the bar? And it, it's weird because it was like a bar, but it wasn't. 18-year-olds could get into it. It was the only place in Ames. Yeah. Yes. It was next to People's. Wait, it, that's the bar I'm talking That okay. wasn't Cafe that's B. Cafe that's not B. Cafe B. Yeah, no. Meyer. Was it Mojazz? I think is Mojazz. Th- I don't know, man. Like I, I don't know. What somebody it was let called. us know. There was like it, there was well, a music I, venue. I remember going to watch English, and like you could take underage people yeah, there. That's that's the place I'm talking about. Because I was always of age when he was playing, but like, you know, you always have some friends who are like a couple of months and they can't go to the bars or whatever. But it's it like, was, well, you can go to this yeah. place. I think it was Mojazz. I think it was. I mean, that name rings a bell. Yeah, it's just, somehow that came to the back of my mind, and that's reserved for crazy facts from the Dedrick Willoughby era, so it's got to be in there somewhere. Mo Welcome Jazz. to the podcast, uh, an eventful weekend up in Ames for the basketball program, hosting Curtis Jones. That's his name, right? Yes. Curtis, why yeah. do I keep calling him Isaac? I, I've called him Isaac like three times. His name is Curtis Jones. He is a transfer from Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He is originally from the Twin Cities. A lot of connections to this Iowa State coaching staff. Sounds like a decision will be official on Monday, late afternoon, early evening-ish. I have a very good feeling about it for Iowa State. I don't think that Jones is scheduled any other additional visits, which is always a good sign. And we are Going out on a limb here, but we think Iowa State's basketball recruiting efforts will be concluded by this time next week. How about that? And I'll take it for just from a purely selfish reason. Absolutely. Probably you too. Oh, man. It it went from, uh, yeah, from a year ago to today, Iowa State's in a great spot. And I don't, I mean, I don't know how you can look at this and say it wasn't a successful yeah. portal season for Iowa State. When you pair that with, the recruiting class from the high school guys that were top 10 with this filled a bunch of holes, and I'm excited. I think this group's going to really help. And the great thing with Curtis Jones, he's got a neat story. You know, didn't get recruited really at all out of high school. Went to Indian Hills down in yep. Ottumwa. Yep. I played pretty well there. Got a Division One offer to Buffalo as a, as a sophomore at Buffalo. Average is two points a game. But had a bigger role this year and just exploded. Yeah, fifteen points a game, shot it at a good percentage, thirty-six percent from deep on a lot of attempts. And the thing with him is, I don't know where exactly he slots in. I think with those three new guards coming in, all will fight for starters' minutes. But if if one of them isn't a starter, then you've got a really really good experienced yeah uh, sixth or seventh guy coming off the bench. Will be a fun summer to go through rotation possibilities yeah. and all that. And stuff. And I think the good thing with all these guys is that I think the plan is again Curtis will hopefully give us some news this week, but they'll they'll be on campus uh, June timeframe, and uh, they'll get to do the the Otzelberger, Pete Link, the extraordinary workouts. workouts, all the workouts. Jeez. So they'll be around. I mean, that's and and Curtis is a is a worker. And I mean, he, this is the guy. I mean, it's a lot like Jaron Holmes, uh, who started unrecruited out of high school, made himself into a really good player. And uh, you're not going to outwork him. So I think he's a great great addition. Should he choose to be a Cyclone this week? Seems like it. Yeah, I, I don't know if it realistically could have um, been a much better spring well, and, for Iowa State. Not everybody can be a starter. Or not everybody has to be the guy. No, and that's no. the thing. is like you can't, for a multitude of reasons, both minutes are important, but then also 
you got to be resourceful with what you have. And I think Curtis is going to fill a great void. And honestly, if you look at the area for Iowa State, where could it have improved this last year? It's just scoring punch off the bench from a guard. It just didn't really have much at all. You know, it's either Caleb's making some shots or that was about it. And I think if, if it's Jones coming off the bench, uh, whoever it might be, I mean, you could have Momsilovich come off the bench, although I'm, I'm really high on him. I think he ultimately may even be a starter, um, Momsilovich. But you got some options. I'm just excited to see this team. It'll feel a lot more like uh, the Hoyball era than the last two years, just from the from a guard, more guard-heavy, I should say. I didn't know either until Jared did his piece with Pavletsky that Momsilovich played a role in that. Yeah. That they were friends back from the AAU the scene. Wisconsin yeah, area. I, I hadn't yep. put that. Everybody together. fits to the same four well, state footprint again, you know, and that's the thing too. When you when you kind of look at this, despite the um, thoughts from some, <laughs> I mean, you guys aren't swimming in money to no. give these like relationships I, do still matter. We're we're abs- really learning absolutely. Absolutely, all, all these guys did not what I understand did not come to Iowa State because of finances. That's for sure. Yeah, but I thank all the donors who do support because without it. They probably yeah, don't you think would, about wouldn't it. Wouldn't even be in the game, but you're you're at least willing to keep them. You, we, yeah. The the finances help to get you in the door, and then it's up to the coaching staff and the existing players to uh, make sure they don't they, they don't they don't escape that door. Yeah, no, that's really really well said. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. Again, I want to spend more time tonight, kind of doing some football and other things. Yeah, as I, opposed to just going through the basketball roster because we have a lot of time. To right, do and we have a lot of time, but you've got, man, I, if you tell me the starting five is, I'm not really sure right yeah, now. Th- there is one topic I, I did want to hit, and I know we've talked about this, but I just keep getting it from Patreon users and commenters as people wondering why Iowa State isn't recruiting a big man. And I'll reiterate, that there's a couple of reasons. One is they are the hardest to get in the portal. Yes, from what I've been told, and again, I kind of preface this to you because I, I believe that you would know more, but I, I've heard that they are the most expensive. Anybody who is better than, you know, what Iowa State kind of has is probably not in the cards. And, you know, I would also point at the roster and, like, to me, with Ward coming back. Mm-hmm. Jones coming back, mm-hmm. Baloo coming in, uh, Trey King coming back, um, even like Mom Silva. Like you just kind of fish can rebound. Caden he can be a guy. Yeah. You you have bigs like you. I, I would challenge these people who are yelling, "Who's going to replace Roshun?" To think more positionless basketball, which is kind of goes back on what you just said. It'll look more like hoy ball than it has in the past, and think more like that going forward with the Cyclones. Yeah, would you rather have multiple 6'11 guys that can run, defend, and, and shoot the ball? Absolutely. Yeah. Good luck finding multiple of those. And there's yeah. a reason why Connecticut had a couple of them. They won the national title. Good for them. Uh, they're, they're just they're not plethora out there. So I think Iowa State is relying on what it knows best. And, you know, the, the system TJ's put in place of, you know, they were fairly post-heavy the past couple of years as, just far, as far as physicality and everything. You want to keep that while also then adding some more skill. And uh, a big que- big question mark for Iowa State is, you know, keeping next year and getting way into the weeds, but keeping one of those bigs out of foul trouble and being able to defend the post, 
you hope Omaha can come in at his size and defend a four and a five, and I think he can. Um, Milan's a little bit undersized to guard. I don't think he's there yet. But you can still throw four or five bodies at a post and any more. I mean, just look how Kansas played this year. They didn't really have... I yeah. mean, their best post was the the, the six seven guy. Um, yeah. So it, it's, not, I, it's not the end of the world anymore. In fact, I, I almost prefer this because guards... Multiple guards win, and Iowa State's biggest deficiency last year was when it ran into teams where they were just a guard or a guard and a half short. And this, I, I don't agree. think they're going to be a guard and a half short this year. I would also also point people to the feature that I did on Trey King right before the tournament, and some of the stuff that um, him and his dad and TJ all told me about. You know, because you think of Trey and he's older, right? Yep. Like he's just, he's an older guy, but. Think of him as a Big Twelve player, and okay, so you, you you're a mid major guy. You have to sit out the two years. He only got half a year, and and by the time Trey really was, you know, I think felt comfortable out there due to the jump in competition and just yep. knocking off the rust. He was really good. I mean, you're you're talking maybe a you know honorable mention Big Twelve type guy had that season Towards played the end. up. Yep. Um, so I think that there's development there with him. Absolutely. And, and keep in mind, I think people, and this is TJ's doing, but he measures them by legit height. Eastern Kentucky at Trey King at 6'9". Correct. Iowa State has him at 6'7". TJ's, Most, he, he makes them do it without their shoes on. Right. Yeah. Most schools would have him listed at 6'9 or 6'8 at the smallest, and you'd probably think differently. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting thing to say. If you're getting a six nine guy from Eastern Kentucky that averaged fifteen and eight last year, you'd be so thrilled. I wonder if that's Van Gundy rubbing off on I just thought about that. <laughs> just, TJ's like nuts about that because he like he doesn't want these guys to think they're something that they're not because he believes they'll buy into the team and buy into the whole more. And I and I just wonder if it's that NBA influence. Well, you're you're gonna find out the combine what you really are. Correct. Yeah. And then they got then guys show up there and like and then they also like if they think that they're six eleven, and they're really six nine, they a lot of times want to play a different role than they should be, right? Good, it's true. It happens so all the time in men's basketball. And, and I think you know that that alone. I mean, Trey is a post. He he is. He's not a wing. He's a post. Yeah. Now he can make a jump shot, but he's physical enough that he'll be able to guard down there. It, it, you know, if he's play, if you're playing Connecticut, and they roll two seven footers at you, okay. Good luck, but good luck for everybody. Yeah, you know if you're playing Zach Eady at Purdue, good luck. But that's it's not like it's fine. Let's let's run Deontay Burton at him. Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing is that that. Oh my God! Why yeah. didn't we do that, <laughs> Steve? No, I'll. Uh, but no, I'm. We needed I'm, more Nick sophomore year Nick Weiler Bab. That could be a little. Uh, they got some guys who can be that point for. Actually, yeah. I think Kurt, Curtis Jones is, is Nick, pretty good size. Is Nick Weiler Bab the most, as far as just pure talent, not what he did, just pure talent, what he could have been? Is he the most underappreciated, talented guy Iowa State's oh, had man. in the last he, 10 years? He was raw. Like, he could have been really good, I think. And he's, had, and he's making a lot of yeah, money overseas. Yeah, but he just never had that year at Iowa State. He always deferred. Yeah. He could have, if he wanted to be. I feel like, like if, that too, yeah. If he would have been, you know, if he didn't have Wig- Wigginton on his team that one year and he took the shots. And now Wigginton's like, now, yeah, he's, he's legit NBA, NBA guy now. 
Yeah. That team was He had like 25 super, for the super good. Bucks. Now, I think they were sitting a bunch yeah, of guys they, towards they the end of the year, but still, it's an NBA game. That team had, man, just that's going to be a, a what-if team, the one that lost oh. to Ohio State. Yeah. That may have been the most talented Iowa State team in the last 10 years. You have an, you have an all-star in Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> Can you look back? This is more of a summer series thing. Which somebody said we need to bring those back. I think we should bring those back. I think we, we should, bring should it back. Bring it back. Hey, does anybody want to sponsor yeah, them? Yeah, we want to sponsor the summer series. If somebody wants to sponsor the summer series, we'll bring them I back. I think Sukup did. They were great yeah. sponsors. Sukup did for a long t- time. We could probably talk to them if you're listening to their Sukup family. <laughs> yeah. They did for a really yeah. long time. Yeah. And then they got a new marketing person, and it, it all was... It, We'll, we'll work, I'm going to work on that. Okay. There you go. Bloom. Yep. All over it. Yep. Um, from a talent standpoint, this would be the question. Did Iowa State underachieve in the NCAA tournament in that era? If you think about the UAB huh. team, the team that you just... Just, I, I, just by seeds, yes. The... the not just by seeds. I'm saying, like, looking back at how many pros were on those teams. True. Uh, and I, I would make the point that the that team we're talking about with Prome, the Deontay Burton-Purdue team, was at least a Sweet 16 team that didn't recognize it. Or was that in the Sweet 16? No, nope, that was yeah. the round of 32. Yeah, okay. I don't know. It's just something yeah. to kick around. Three, su- three Sweet 16s in that which era. Which is not bad. Which is great. Yeah. Well, I'm not... But never an elite eight. I'm just saying, like if you look back did, now, did, did, has Iowa State basketball? Eh, that's an interesting question. If you look back at how many of those guys are still playing basketball professionally, some in Europe, yes, but still, I I would say the two teams that underachieved were the one with Wigginton, Halliburton, Horton Tucker. That lost Ohio State. And we've learned over the years that that team had some major chemistry Yeah, there was issues. stuff going on. There was a lot happening with that So they team. got it together for like four days. And I'll just say it. Wigginton, after that injury, was not pleasant for the others to be around. It sounds like to yeah, me. Yeah, no, that's that's fact. Um, the UAB team was a disappointment. I mean, the team... I would argue that that team, though, more so, it just... They got upset and had a bad game, but they still underachieved. Like no doubt about that. They, but like, yeah. they still won the Big Twelve. I guess that other one did too. They, it, yep, yeah, they did. won the Big Twelve they tournament Big 12, too. I guess and, and convincingly. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's a fascinating. Know. A good, topic. Yeah, we'll, let's bring it back. We'll run it back. Large, largely, it's been a successful last twelve years. Really, is kind of the golden era of Iowa State. If you think about it, now there was the catastrophic COVID year. It was horrible. Yeah. But I think Iowa State, the last 10-plus years, you could say is the golden era of Iowa State basketball. I could make an argument for that. Oh, I, I don't doubt Even that. Even more because the thing yeah. with the, the Floyd and the Eustachie, that was a nice little run, but there were some downtimes in there too. No, I don't doubt. But right now, it's like every year you expect to go to the tournament no matter what, really. Yeah, back then it, w- it wasn't every year. They had some it mixed down. No, because they in. would go winless on the road, and mm-hmm. they would, you know. Yep. That's interesting. I like uh, next year's team, if it stands, and I have no reason to think it won't, uh, will certainly be right on the cusp of preseason top 25. Boy, it certainly certainly feels like that. Shout out to our friends at Gravitate Coworking and GravitateCoworking.com. I was down in the East Village. Uh, went to, I, I went to Zombie Burger. Yeah. Still Cammie kicking. wanted. Still hanging around. Cammie and Heard. 
about this place and like she's kind of getting into like ghosts and goblins and stuff. Wonder where she gets that from. <laughs> Weirdo. Spirits. Um, no, so we walked down there and I, I pointed out uh, Gravitate Co working to her beautiful spot. Uh, I, you know, I like my home office. I love my spot at the Standard in Ankeny. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. But it is there's a different vibe when you're walking around a city. All right, uh, tough call. I'm going to walk and get a cup of coffee just down the street. They have beautiful locations there at Locust and also the East Village and Windsor Heights. Really good people who run Gravitate Co-working. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. Also, a shout-out to Jeremy Danielson and the Danielson Law team. Uh, Really phenomenal people. I was thinking about them today about how, when I was prepping for the show, so they sat behind me on our bus trip to the first Liberty Bowl. Yeah. And I was thinking about how miserable of a trip that was for everybody coming home because we game. were having bus problems. Game included. Yeah, clones got killed. By Tulsa. The direct TV wasn't working as promised on the bus to watch the games on and the way like back. 10-hour delays because yeah. of oil leaks. Yeah, we had a bus driver die. Uh, well, we that, had oil would, leaks. You kind of buried that. Lead. We had all kinds of stuff happening. Like it was a, just a trip from hell. And the Danielson sat behind me. They're so nice. Yeah, very, very friendly people. Uh, go to DanielsonLaw.com. That is D A N I L S O N Law.com. What they do is real estate law. So if you're buying or selling a house, you've got all these documents that are probably a lot over your head. I know they would be mine because mm-hmm. I'm an idiot when Same. it comes to that stuff yep and they take care of everything for you they're passionate cyclone fans really good people to work with danielsonlaw.com check them out today i want to hit this uh nil topic and then we'll get to some football so miami has been kind of a nil darling since this whole thing happened and they, they have been flashy very much so and it and it Basically, is all back to a guy named John Ruiz. Yeah, he's a guy now. John Ruiz is he has his he has a company. It's called Wife, not Wife Wallet, <laughs> idiot, Life Wallet, and they are a publicly traded company. Um, they have for the longest time been traded on the Nasdaq exchange. Okay. Well, on Friday, Blue. Uh oh. They had to respond to a potential delisting from the NASDAQ. They had to make an SEC report. And within the report, it said, quote, any financial information, including filed earnings, releases, investor presentations, and other communications put out by the company over the last year, quote, should no longer be relied upon. This would include... There are millions of dollars that have been paid out to uh, college athletes. It, it, it is listed here via the Action Network site. More than $5 million to over 100 college athletes playing for Miami. You guys might remember this. This was one of the first things that came out where we were all like, well, how can everybody make this? Uh, right? Sure. I, yeah, they were, they were it was on one the forefront. Of the first yep. ones, they also made news recently with the Cavender twins, the uh, two influencer type college basketball players who have millions of followers followers on social media. And the deal uh, that everybody talks about um, 
was the Nigel, Nigel Pack. That set the market. That that deal set the market for all this stuff. Single-handedly, that deal, I would say, tripled the market for college basketball players overnight. Well, he got reportedly, depending on where you look, around 800000 Yeah. And then you remember Isaiah Wong looking around and going, well. that's well, why, that's what happened, is everybody did that. Correct. Because, because Wong because he, was like, well, I was here and I did, I've did. i done all this. Why is he getting eight times more than me? So this guy did two things and it affected the whole world in NIL. One, he signed the deal. Now, this leads you to believe it may not be legitimately, there might not be money there, which is a problem, which we'll, we're going to talk about. But secondly, he publicized it. And at this oh, point, he was like tweeting yeah, about it. He, he signed the, he, he tweeted the amount. Yeah. And so what happened when he tweeted the amount, everybody saw that amount and went, holy bleep, why am I not making that? Yeah. Including guys on Miami that existed. But arguably, every, everybody saw that. Players at Iowa State saw that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would guess Tyrese Hunter saw that mm-hmm. and said, wait a second, Nigel Pax. Now, I don't know if the timeline's officially. Yeah, it's, but, it's an example, though. It's fair. And, and so when you say, well, I'm better than that guy, and he's making that, what am I getting? Yeah, what that, am I worth? Literally, that guy, this guy changed NIL overnight. Well, his company has gone downhill considerably. <laughs> yes, it has. And now, like, it, it's literally written in the SEC report that we don't know if we're good for the promises that we've made, not specifically with NIL, but just everything general, like that are... All, it could just be on paper, like a, just, a, just a pyramid. I guess I wanted to point this out because it, it, we have a theme on this Sunday night podcast. We like to do the business stuff. We, sure. like, we like to give our listeners a behind-the-scene look at what, what is really happening. And we, we saw the deal with Creighton this year about guys potentially not getting what they were promised. And I don't know if that was through a collective. I'm assuming it was or whatever. Uh, but look, they've been hammered in the portal this yeah, offseason. Yeah, a bunch of guys. Creighton's lost a ton of guys. Yep. So, I get, Brent, I just wanted to get your reaction to this being in this world. like Because to me, this is a really big story that should probably be on the front page of ESPN and everywhere. <laughs> I don't think it was a coincidence that they – they filed their report to the SEC five minutes before it closed on Friday. So this thing has gotten buried over the weekend. But I think it's a really interesting thing that we should probably take a closer look at because it impacts everything, as you pointed out. Yeah, it does. And and so what you're seeing now um, is these these collectives, they don't have to answer to anybody. Okay? like Even ours doesn't really have to answer anybody except unless you're – you know, we're a nonprofit, so ultimately we will have to file our mm-hmm. records with the government, and we're we're detailed like any other nonprofit when that eventually comes out. But also, a lot of these agreements that were have been made are handshake or verbal agreements. So, your player X comes in, you know, commits to the school. They meet with the collective, say, "We'll give you this." Not a contract signed. So what, then what do you do? It's all verbal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's happening now is a lot of these collectives overpromised because they're just guys like me, right? Like they're not, this is why the administrators are nervous about this because you can have these collectives making promises that they can't keep. Yeah. And, and, just and then like what? locally, a guy like Jamie Pollard has nothing to do he with can't, it. They can't do anything about yeah. it. Neither can the like coaches. If, if you were to go out and promise recruit X, I'm going to give you a million dollars. 
And I could Pollard has nothing to do with anything. Neither do the coaches. But it comes back on them. Yeah. Yeah. So then if they're if I don't pay, <laughs> yeah. or if the collective doesn't pay and then they don't get it, well then who's mad? The player, who does that affect? Yeah. The program. Makes them look bad. It makes yeah. And and you've got just honestly, in a lot of these places, you've got fans running these things and or I mean some of them are legitimate. I like to think ours is legitimate you have a board board you you know yeah have some nonprofit background and the one thing that we're never going to do is we were never going to overpromise. yeah uh so we're what is happening in some places let me get on i'll get to that here in a little bit is these schools overpromised and they get this influx of cash right away because nil was this hip cool new thing and you've got these these uh boosters and these donors like hey i'll participate here's a hundred thousand dollars Here's two hundred fifty. I wish that was us. It's, it's not. Uh, here's two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and they build up this war chest really fast. Mm-hmm. Well, then what do they do? They spend. They it really spend fast. it really fast. Yeah. And guess what? When that's gone, what about the next year? I also think too. There's a natural human instinct where, well, a couple things. One, the stock market's been really rocky, correct, for a while. So I would guess a lot of your donors are not on as solid of a ground as they were when all this started. Two. I just see it with fans and like it kind of like it kind of bothers me, but I also understand how like mental like psychology works. When Iowa State football loses a disappointing game, we will lose 20 to 25 subscribers in the next 20 hours every time. I and like we no. don't have anything to do with that. I'm not doing my job any differently. But that's how that's fans like they're so emotional. emotional attachment. That happens all the time. And I would guess, so let's say um, North Carolina. Now, maybe, I've got, no, I've got a great example for it. So there was a big NIL booster at Texas Syracuse. Texas A&M football would have been one. Yep, that's, but, yeah. that's another. So this, there was a big NIL donor at Syracuse. He did not like the way he was treated by the new basketball staff and the current Syracuse administration. He'd given like $2.5 million to their NIL collective. He said, I'm going to go support Binghamton because you guys aren't being nice to me. <laughs> And guess what? If they counted on that two and a half million every year, yeah, they're effed. So you it's have not- one down year, and maybe the chemistry wasn't right, or maybe somebody got hurt, and then you lose. You lose all this because these these donors aren't under contract. They, are not. they don't have just like our business, right? Like things are better when Iowa State's good. I'm not gonna like it, but it, when they were zero and nineteen, we weren't getting many subscribers it's signing up, a, and, a and, and with that, they're going, "What am we? What am I giving you a hundred dollars a month for?" Just to watch this shit product on the field. I had during the football season, every Saturday, I'm going to be honest with everybody, I had probably a dozen to 15 people who would um, send me an email on Monday morning saying, I don't, I, I want you to cancel my my recurring donation. And I said, okay, done. I mean, do I have to, we're, we're going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the, that's the way, but there, it's not reliable and so what you see now, because that, so this is that's what happened this past year. And this Ruiz character is the example of it on a high end of this guy that he may not have the money. And then what? Well, if these guys aren't on contract, then they're host. And sorry. And now, it's also a huge deal. I don't know how many of our listeners like ever buy stocks, but if you're not on one of the main exchanges, you know how hard it is to buy some of these stocks. Like if you're not oh. on one of the, you you can't just well, pull up Robinhood. He made all you know? of his money off being publicly traded. Yeah, if that goes away, he's, he loses all of his money. Like the what would say the revenue was actually closer to like 
It was uh, projected at like five hundred million. It was closer to like one million. I mean, yeah. It wasn't even close. Yeah. So actually, what's happened now in the NIL world is these student athletes are now coming to the collectives and saying, "I want a contract," which is really smart. And so what we're having to do now, and we're actually uh, thankfully thanks to some very kind cyclones that offered their um, their their legal services to us, we have now developed. Uh, 10-month contracts for men's and women's basketball players and football players. And that is that's that is how now you have to have these agreements set in stone with these student-athletes of, we will pay you this over a 10-month period now. Because enough people have been burned, not by us, but yeah. across college athletics, that in order for them to feel comfortable about the NIL world, they're having to sign contracts. And so this is where this is moving is these players are now getting sophisticated through their agents or through else. Like, you know, I, if, if I'm, you know, before we even talk, I want to make sure there's something written in stone that has some, some binding legal argument to it. And so that's, what's happening. God, I but, can take this so many different so directions. Here's, but here's, here's why, here's where I think we're okay compared to some. Honestly, the fact that we don't have just, two or three big benefactors funding the whole thing yeah. can actually be an advantage. It's like the new Big 12. Everybody's on the same page. It, well, and it's it, where we're our advantage is and what we're hoping to get to is, you know, we're at 2,000 donors. If we can get to 5, 10, 15,000 donors, that's a lot more reliable. That's why we love the recurring donations. It's a lot more projectable. Yes. Because our biggest concern, honestly, is we can sign this 10-month contract and we're good for that. I'm never going to overpromise mm-hmm. for that 10-month period, but I don't know what... 14 months looks from now. Yeah, what if there's another pandemic? What if well, there's, you know... You don't know. Yeah. And and some of these guys are getting to the point where they want multi-year Lane, commitments. And we're, we're, just, if, we're not going to do that What yet. if Matt Campbell goes to the Jets? Yeah. Just through that... Like, right. Like, like, you have no it's, idea. It's just like any other contract. I mean, these guys are now getting to the point where they Is want... Is it two-way, though? Like, so can they just transfer? Or does that, like, keep them... Like, because let's say, like, this guy's not happy with this playing time, and can he just get up and leave? You don't so still what, owe him money, do nope. you? So what is so what are, are getting built into these things? And again, I I don't want to go over my skis here, but there is language that can be put in that you you can't say that you're enrolled at a student university. At a, oh yeah, but you can say you are living in yeah. in Ames I or you're it. living in. And that yeah, would prevent them from going so somewhere stupid. else. And, but yeah, I I, I think all, to just make them employees. All like, this is being said. It's it's fast. It's yeah. even from two weeks ago. It is sped up to. I totally agree with you. I think in the next four years, there are just going to be nil divisions within athletic departments. So here's the other development that happened this week. I don't know if you saw this. Graham McCaffrey. <laughs> I'm not. No, I coded you in into trouble. that. You're not going to get me in okay. trouble. No, I'll, I'll, um, I'll handle that. No, Arkansas just passed a state yeah, law. This is a disaster. That their NIL law cannot be challenged by the NCAA. And in their NIL state law, university foundations and athletic fundraising arms can just fund NIL deals for players. So Arkansas has a $5 billion endowment. They could just fund the Arkansas players and according to Arkansas state law, it's basically a F you to the NCAA. You're, you can't come after us. It's part of our, our law that you can't enforce whatever rule is. We supersede your, can they, your law. Can the NCAA just say, okay, now you can't be a part of our thing? Potentially. That would be their one move. Be like, fine, we won't mess with you, but, but you can't compete. But, but guess what? Because Arkansas did it. Now you've got Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee wanting to put in the same law. So in... 
let me understand this, and this is where I think this could go really poorly. I think this could be really bad. So the, it, and you kind of tipped me because I I I saw this the other day just uh-huh. for our audience, and I texted Brent about it, and I was like, what a so like the foundations can start playing paying players then essentially. Yes, if they're not. So what a lot of these, like Arkansas has just an athletics fundraising foundation. So they could just pure and simple fund an agreement just like we are through the We Will Collective. But it would just run through the Arkansas Razorback Foundation. And, oh, and my, so how I look at it is Arkansas, I mean, this may be a little bit stereotypical, but I can't imagine they're, is academic oriented as say Michigan. Sure. Right. Yep. Right. Like, I mean, Michigan's a football school. They really care about football, but at the core of that university, academics are vastly important to the people who are running Michigan. I would say even Texas. Hmm. I mean, Texas views themselves as this Ivy League type of school in the South where like, like I would guess like an Arkansas and Ole Miss and Alabama would be like, screw all that. We're throwing it at football. Am I wrong? Well, and then this is to your, to great point. A lot of those SEC schools have athletic specific fundraising arms that aren't tied to the university at all. So Arkansas, for instance, has the Razorback foundation here. It then has the university system foundation here. So anything raised to the Razorback Foundation goes directly to athletics. The Iowa State Foundation has a fund for the cycling club within it. Yes. But it's still, majority of the money in the Iowa State Foundation is all academics. Yeah, and it's earmarked a lot it of is. it. It right? is. It's all like, earmarked. Yeah. yeah, like your your endowment stuff yeah, is to like, a scholarship or I'm, it's to a faculty. It's going to position. the Ivy College of Business. Or, right. Where this, now, SEC is going to be way in front of this. They're just <laughs> literally going to start paying people. And Arkansas, according to their law, they could do it this year. They could just start paying student athletes from their foundation, which has, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, I would assume. And if that's the case, you're not catching them. Like you're not going to fundraise with them. And so that's a fat. The, the, so that being said, it's just fast forwarding then to the, the case that the all the SEC schools will follow that. And if they're all going that way, guess who's next? The Big Ten schools will follow them. Yeah. And then at some point, everybody else says, "Well, let's just move it all under the university then." And I think that's what's going to happen. There you go. Now, are they at that point, C Dub? Are they, you know, contract employees? Are they full time employees that have FLSA stuff beyond my uh, understanding? But I think more than any time that I've been doing this, uh, pretty soon universities will just have an NIL fund within their athletic programs. So, how would that work? Like, does so, like, Learfield Sports owns the rights. The marketing like, rights. Who would be signing like John Deere to an NIL deal it with? Have, it, 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 um, this is the thing. Trevor Downing. It would have nothing to do with what NIL is. Uh, it's uh, just so it's straight just up farce. pay for play yeah. through the foundations. And honestly, so they don't have to do anything. Then we're just prob- straight, probably we're not straight just point. employees. Yeah. Then you're just employees. Well, I would be okay with that. Now, and this is what I think will happen. Again, we're playing. This is just my <laughs> hypothetical. Because I was wondering, like, if our buddy Coop <laughs> is now in charge, because they. I, I, I was wondering, like, or is well, it ESPN because they've bought the 
tier. You, you know, they own yeah. the media rights to this and this. So that, like, who's in charge of these players getting checks would be my question. And they could. That could be like that could be a component of being under the university too. Okay. Is Learfield could then represent? Yeah, that's the what players I was within. But I think the bigger check will come from a direct 1099 payment to a student athlete through the foundation. So just like I got paid through the Iowa State Foundation to raise money for yeah. the Ivy College of Business, instead of it being a, it won't be a, a full-time employee, it's just a 1099 contract. And then my guess is, this is my hypothetical, that then the parameters of such contracts are a conference-by-conference conference rule. Got it. So the SEC can say, all right, for a football player, our max contract that you're allowed to do is $250,000. Now that would then get challenged in court, and then we got a whole other situation yeah. after that. But I think that's where it's going, and it's going there fast. That The collectives are essentially now, they're already being operated in most cases. I mean, the athletic departments can advocate for them. Yeah. This will just make it more official where they're just actually yeah. – underneath and all the finances run through, which I would argue back to the Ruiz thing would be a much better situation for everybody it's safer because then you have adults in the room yeah. that are running the finances and they're not going to over promise and under deliver egomaniacs who have bad intentions. Yeah, So there's nothing stop. Like I, I could pick up the phone. I could call an Iowa state player right now and said, you get $2 million <laughs> unchecked. Yeah. Yeah. And they great. Yeah. I'm in. Do I have to prove that I have $2 million? No, I yeah, don't. You could just lie to them. It's the, the, the collectives that will have success, and that's what we're trying to rely on, is being reliable and making sure we're not overextending ourselves. But then as part of that, that's why it's huge for us to keep building the, yeah. the foundation because we want to know 14 months from now, until this is regulated, that we have that reliable income that when a player enrolls at Iowa State, you say, not only we're going to take care of you for this year, but our intention is... For the years ahead, as long as you're still at Iowa State. Freaking crazy. It's crazy. Freaking crazy. But yeah, I, this guy. This guy is Ruiz, the, the poster child of the... If it, When it all comes crashing down, he's the uh, he's the cover story. Give a shout out as we get into our football segment here. A couple of really special advertisers. First of all, our friends at Wiffles. So the planting season took a little bit of a... Yeah, what was going on this weekend? My well, I mean, it, you know, it was like 80. Yeah. I sat outside. I golfed on Thursday. It was glorious. Friday night, I sat outside my driveway until about 11 o'clock <sighs> with the neighbors and, like, just had a great night and then just freezing the rest of the weekend. So I'm wondering if planning season, for many of our great listeners who are Wiffles Hybrids customers, I'm wondering if it might be delayed just a little bit. Uh, but nonetheless, we appreciate our friends at Wiffles and, Hybrids. And they informed us that they have begun dirt work. Yes. On their new Ames facility just two miles east of Ames on Lincoln Way. So you'll see that. That's great. You'll see, see that get, get up and going here. I'm going to be in Ames a couple times this week. I think I might swing over there and just check that out. Ames, you know, you, you factor in that. You factor in Town. I feel like there's it's moving in a good direction. And there's it's, a lot of... There's a lot of good stuff going on in that community, I feel like. Just one one uh, slower than some would like, but we're getting there. Yeah. We, we caught a little heat for our conversation good. last some, week. Some good. Yeah, a lot of people liked our conversation. Constructive criticism. Yeah. Come uh, on, Ames. 
get, Whip, get, get going. Whiffles always uh, presents this final segment here on the Williams and Bloom Sunday night podcast. I know they're big Iowa State football fans. And uh, we want to give a shout out to our friend Colin Newell, former Cyclone offensive lineman. This is really good. We've had, I think he said six people reach out to him in two weeks to get quotes. One or two have signed up. The power of Cyclone Fanatic advertising is incredible. I tell people that all the time. I'm not a liar. Um, it, it just works because we have such a loyal following here. And Colin, the uh, great former center, all Big 12, is now a total badass in the Farm Bureau Financial Services. In, I'm not going to call it industry. That community. I mean, yeah, he's just kicking ass. Just, yeah. and he's a he's an up and comer. And um, I'm going to give you his personal number right here. This is cool. I mean, this is one of the guys you watch forever. He say Bloom like, and I'm going to do it here, Colin. If you're listening, I, I'm going to. My brother got y'all. signed up this week. Did he? Yep. Nice. So my my brother Oz was. Uh, How much did he save? He said he, he saved like a couple hundred bucks. He was just on insurance. He's like, I didn't know anybody at insurance. Now I know my guy, and it's Colin. Huge. Relationships That's matter. Huge. And Colin, by the way, also does uh, life insurance too, which back to the uh, Hope Wood stuff. Like, yeah. if you're, well, if honestly, guys, if you're in like five years from even 10 years, now, sign up now for life insurance. It's only going to get more expensive. The, Do it now. Yeah. And, and Colin I, will help you. I was lucky to have Adam Gray. Yeah, same. When I was young because it Gray. saved me a who, Gray was also at Farm Bureau now and yep. work, works closely with Colin. That's, yeah. Everybody remember Adam from yeah. the, the forecast. I was lucky to have him because he's the one who hit me. And I, and I kind of stocked up on life insurance when I was pretty young. But then I have some friends now who are like our age and like, I mean, they're playing like 10 times what I do. Yeah, do it now. Do it. Never a bad time to call Colin. And the worst case yeah. is that you've got better insurance, which I good for you if that's the case. But yeah. just get a quote. Well, and he won't be offended. Like no, these guys, it's a competitive for. field. He'll be like, "Hey, I can't beat this, but check back in a year, maybe I can." And as we've mentioned before, anybody that gets a quote, Colin will send uh, a donation to the We Will Collective. So even awesome. by just getting a quote, it it actually benefits benefits us and Iowa State. That's cool. I want to talk a little bit about the spring game coming up on Saturday yeah, kind of snuck up on us. I here. have a couple of thoughts and one, I, I'm just, I think people like it cause we're just authentic and just <laughs> Campbell. And I, everybody knows I love Matt Campbell. We're, he's my guy. Um, <laughs> so I this, on Friday night. Oh, at the, oh, at the at Alan Lazard, Lazard character yeah. counts thing. Very so who does that? Is that like a Drake thing? So the it's through, the, it's I was through the race. In. Yeah, it's through the race center at Drake. Okay. But it's a statewide, nationwide program. I'm, I was so confused because Zuba yeah, Mahente must have been the MC. He was. He called he was. me on Wednesday and was like quizzing me about Alan. He was doing prep for it. Yes. I thought he was doing a sports center feature on oh. Alan. I had no idea <laughs> That Zubin was coming back. And I've known Zubin for, you have two, yeah. you used to intern with him. Yep. Um, yep. I had no, and then I saw these pictures of Zubin and Des Moines with Alan Lazard. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought you were doing a sports center feature. And Zubin probably thinks I'm so stupid because <laughs> at the end of this phone call, I said to him, I go, hey, when you get done with the piece, send it to me and I'll tweet it out for you. And he was like, uh, okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe they recorded. No, it was cool. So they did, uh, Alan was the honoree at this character counts gala. 
uh, which is a really neat organ. Did you have character counts back in Clorinda? No. The, the six pillars? We had the National Honor Society. Okay. Well, it's so, someone similar. That was so, me. So, I was there, baby. So this group, uh, they basically help with civility, for the long story short. Anyway, they honored Alan, but then they brought in Zubin, thanks to Ray Cole, or your friend Ray Cole. Yep. And Zubin basically interviewed him like it was a um, 60 Minutes feature on stage. And it was really neat. Oh, so that's what he was getting a lot of that info. Yeah, so for. It was, okay. and it was it. Everyone at my table was like, "Oh my gosh, how is Zubin so prepared?" I'm like, "Well, it's Zubin, but I'm guessing somebody huh. gave him a little bit of help." So I was, was you. I was on the phone with him for like 30 minutes. Yeah, the other he was. Day. Yeah, that just shows you though. Back to when, if you're really good at in our oh, industry, and we're yeah. sl- we're just all slap dicks in this world. He's. I mean, did he, he bring prepared. up living in Bondurant? Yes. Yeah. he did. <laughs> he did. What Alan say? He's like, that's my summer home. It was so great. Cool. That that's was really so cool. neat. But Alan was a rock star, and man, he said it. He said in that, and it didn't dawn on me until I you, you hear a story in totality. He thought he was going to be a second or a third round pick. Yeah. After his senior year. Yeah. He went undrafted. Yeah. And he was basically like, I had to completely. It was pretty dark times. Yeah. He said it was horrible, like yeah. a complete darkness. And he said, if it, if it wasn't for. My belief in myself and my faith, I would never have gotten through. Can you imagine if you invested your whole life in counting on being a second or third round pick, and then you go to zero real fast? Yeah. He, only, he didn't play. He didn't play his first two years. Now he's making over $40 million yeah. with the Jets. It's really cool. And living so, in Bondurant. So, I mean, it's that Bondurant bump. Campbell has kind of, like, conditioned me. Yeah, sorry. Campbell was there, no, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but... I, uh, let me walk me through it because it's yeah. going to sound like a not a criticism, but Campbell has conditioned me by canceling the spring game <laughs> that it doesn't matter. Like he, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like just the fan in me, it's like, well, the coach doesn't want to do it, so why should I care, <laughs> right? But, but, so if you go on Saturday, and I hope there's a lot of you there. Yeah, me too. I'm, but my point being, like, you know Matt's not going to do anything, and none of these spring games are doing anything, people. Don't let them fool you. They never have. They never will. The cracked me crazy. up, the, yeah. the message board stuff about Arch Manning's a bust because he sucked in the Texas spring games. Oh, like, come on, you people are crazy. But I, the more I've thought about it, so that's where I started with this thing. I'm like, well, Matt has basically told me by canceling this deal that this doesn't matter. Now I can make the argument to myself. Actually, you can pick up a lot about the team by going to this thing on Saturday because a new strength coach, yep. this new offensive line coach, to me seems just like an absolute treasure. Like I, I want to, I want to drink beer with this guy, like Same. this this Clanton guy. Get that done. I mean, yeah. I mean, this guy He's going to drink violently. When he does drink. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, everything is violent. Everything is violent. Everything's violent. I. But he, uh, you know, and I think he means it. Like no, I, 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 I don't I'm know. Not messing with it. I don't know if we want to have him. Maybe, like, maybe not. Yeah. I think he'd like us, but what if we say something wrong? Wait, well, yeah, we're he not could, winning that battle. He could snap you in half, like, literally in half. Um. <laughs> okay. Point being, Matt conditioned me to not yeah, care what about do you the spring game. What, what are we thinking? Here? But the more that I think about it. I actually think there's a lot to pick apart when you can just look at guys. And the good thing about this thing is 
Jirel Brock ain't going to be taking a ton of reps. No. Right? Like, you, no. you're going to be seeing some of these younger wide receivers. I want to see Higgins. I want to see him. Same. I want to see Jaden Higgins. Like, there's, there's guys and there's aspects of this that I find, quite frankly, fascinating going into Saturday. Well, and, there, and you just go through it. There's there's a lot of unknowns with this team, which yeah. is which is a ton. Go, which is actually I could make the argument that's a good thing. Do you want me to? I had to do my stupid too deep. Yeah, oh, let's. Do you want you to want run to, through you it? You want me to run yeah, through I'm it? I'm curious. Like I'm hearing awesome things, and maybe this is the first time we're at. Well, we'll be the first time we see him. But uh, Ikena Iziagu. Yeah, I don't Ike. Know. They're calling him Ike, Ike. but he's yeah. going to be big time. I mean, some of these guys you've heard of, but you're like, you never, you haven't really seen him. I've heard the tight ends. I keep saying, I keep hearing Dominique Orange is a top three round pick. Yes, he and he played some last year, of course. But yes, he is going to be a dude. You donated uh, some footballs to uh, my my nonprofit friends down at the did, Clorinda yeah. A's, and keep that Dom Orange one. Well, so uh, shout out to my buddy Dave Ketwick. Who is a he's a big volunteer down down yeah. south for the Clorinda A's, huge Iowa State fan. I'm sure he's probably listening. And I gave him the Dominique Orange ball, and I was like, "Hey, this wouldn't be a bad one to bet on now. If you can get away with this thing for fifty bucks or whatever, yeah. like this this yeah, could bet. be a good one he's... for you for a diehard Cyclone down the road. Like I I <laughs> kind of feel like that guy's got a." Got a bright future. So this is why I'm excited about Saturdays. Like a lot of these guys, you hear about, but you haven't really seen them. And then there hasn't been a spring game, so it's this will be kind of fun all the way around. And yeah, you probably won't pick up a whole lot on, you know, the offensive stylings of Nate Shieldhouse, but maybe you'll you'll see something. I've been like, right, I'm looking forward to like a, even like a Jason Essex seeing him run out there. You want my deep? Yeah. This is so stupid to even yeah, let's, try let's, and do this right now. I'll tell you how wrong you are. You probably you would probably know more than me. <laughs> I put Decker's Rocco one two. You can only have two. There's no ors okay. or anything yeah, like this in the magazine. I'm not going to put freshman. JJ is going to play Saturday, and he's he's yeah. Been, I want to watch him. He's been very much as advertised. I want to watch him. Yeah, you can tell a lot by watching this yep. guy. Like I always said about the Cap City League. Yep. Who's good in the Cap City League doesn't matter. Sharon Dorsey Walker is like the greatest Cap City League player ever. Okay, still might have the record. If you're an Iowa State player. And you suck in the Cap City League. I can tell you a lot. I can tell a lot about you. I remember watching Corey McIntosh for the first time. And I was like, "Uh oh." <laughs> um, <laughs> running back was hard, and I, I went Brock one, Eli Sanders two, Norton three. But Norton could yeah, be, and then you know, like who knows? Like those three are all really good. Throw in the Stanford guy too. He's gonna play. Okay, I man, I forgot about the Stanford mm-hmm. guy. Yep. Well, he didn't even get in contention for me. So well. I, I don't think he's like number one or anything, but he's definitely showed up and, and been good. All right. Uh, wide receiver, the three spots F, Noel, and Bitter. Yeah. Noel's going to be, Noel's got that locked down. X, I had Higgins and Nagoyi. Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, the Benny? freshman from yeah. from Omaha. Yeah. Been good. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I Again, if freshman wide receivers are tough, but he's been. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, very well could have been Essex there too. Yeah, I think Essex. Yeah. he's a big body guy. We'll see. Uh, Z, I had Stanley and Daniel Jackson. Daniel Jackson back for his ninth year at Iowa State. Jesus, <laughs> yeah, great gains anywhere. I didn't. He'll um, be. He'll be in the conversation. I didn't like. How do you put Gaines out of Jackson? Like, I mean, well, I think I think Higgins is ahead of Gaines right now, but 
Yeah, I think Gaines will play. They're not. They're not. Down Gaines, Gaines clearly has like a massive upside. Like I'm not doubting that. It's just I don't know, and that's what's so hard about this. Yeah, I don't get to go to practices. Right. I don't. I, I was talking to somebody on the staff about this on Friday as I was submitting this, and I was like, "Give me something." Well, these, and then yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. You don't know what you don't know. I've only seen 12 games last year and heard some of this stuff about these guys. Yep. You know, no, I, I, you're, it's hard. I think you're comfortable one, two, three for receivers. It's yeah, Noel, the, Noel Higgins, Stanley. It, but boy, there's some nice young depth there for sure. Yeah, really for sure. excited and they, and they, about that. And Kai Black's another name I'll throw in there as a young okay. guy that's really come on okay. and impressed. Uh, tight end, I went Dean and Hanukkah. That's easy. Yeah, but the young guys are are coming. The kid from Nebraska is really good. Yep, and then but even um, the more kid from Johnston, um, yep. Burkle, the 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 players that sat out last year, they're starting to show up in spring. Uh, offensive line was, <laughs> wish me luck. Um, they're I violent. Went, <laughs> that's what I know. Left tackle, I went Tyler Miller and Tyler Morrow. Yeah, I went Hufford and James Neal at left guard. Okay. Brady Peterson, Hunter Deo at center. Peterson, yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah, I said, yeah, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Simmons and Boniface at guard. right guard. Okay. And then I went Rimsburg and I'm um, not even going to try and uh, Akinchilo. Oh, yeah. Akinchilo. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. Um, there's some young guys coming. Dalen Hayserts had a great spring as another name. I don't know where he fits in, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. You okay with that? I'm, I'm okay with that. They're going to be violent. They're going to be violent. Uh, did, you, did you say Jim Boniface? Yeah. In there? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, Boniface he's had a nice. Behind uh, Simmons. He's had a nice offseason, from what I understand. That's an offensive lineman name if I ever did hear one. Jim? Jim Boniface. Jim Boniface. We didn't get him a but deal uh, with Neil, Iowa Pork. You mentioned Neil. Neil's been, uh, Neil's yeah. gotten a lot better. Yeah, Neil's right there, uh, too. Uh, kind of feel like that's all. Up for debate. To be determined on the Rimsburg, I would lock in. Simmons, I would lock in. Probably Tyler Miller and well, I mean he, Miller's a lock. Yeah. I mean, I think you got guys. Now let's see how they how they come together. The, I mean, I'll they, tell you what I wrote in the piece. I need that Simmons. The, to- the question is now, like, okay, so you made a change with your coach and your coordinator. So now, like, are these guys actual Big 12 players? Did they just not get developed to be Big 12 players, or are they not Big 12 players? And we'll find out because it's pretty much the same guys, right, for the most part? Yeah. and They're going to be more violent, I can tell you that. Simmons had a better freshman year than he did a junior year. Like, he's it's yeah. a, he's got a mm-hmm. – you know he has it. Yeah. Like, let's see it. I want to see that violence. Let's see the violence. Okay, uh, let's go D. I have Joey Peterson and Ike at the edge. Remember the name Ike. We'll, we'll get it right. Hold on. John Walter says, let me play it here. Easy Agu. Easy Agu. Thank you, J-Dubs. Easy Agu. Thanks, John. Uh, tackle Singleton and Oindiem. Yeah, Tyler, number 11. It, Oindiem, yeah, he's right? He's going to be Oindiem. on Yetim. On, on Yetim. Jeez. Yep. Walters has got his work cut out for him with these guys. And then Jeez. basketball next year, too, with a Pavelitsky and a Momsilovich and a good luck, John. Uh, Lee and Orange, it knows. Yeah, but uh, 
it, Isaiah's back, our yeah. guy. Dude, I couldn't believe it. I'm so excited. I I'm want to bring him on the road shows with us. Oh, I, he better be. I told him. favorite guy. I talked to him at the uh, We Will Psycho and Fanatic event, and I was like, hey, you want to go to the like, yeah, let's road go. shows? And he's like, can we do more? <laughs> he loved it. I, he's huge because he was really good last year and just a veteran guy. Great Isaiah Lee story. We're at the Jay's Pizza and Steakhouse Legendary Clarinda. in Clorinda. I remember this. Isaiah gets himself a steak sandwich, and then he gets another one to go. <laughs> yeah. you, don't, yeah. you don't become an all-Big 12 defensive lineman by I, I think uh, eating just, salads. After he had just crushed all of the cheese curds. We see we got the cheese curds there, too. And We're then, bringing back the road shows, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Again, this is going to be your last call. We did have some people reach out to us. Bloom and I are meeting this week. Yeah, we're hammering it out. This would be the week if you would like to get a Cyclone Fanatic Roadshow in your community. We need a place that wants to host it, and we'll pay for some of the expenses. You know, because they're going to make a lot of money on this thing because we're going to bring a lot of people there. Bring the party. So, like, yeah, the more organization, the or, better will get you a better chance to land one of these things. Basically, RVTV without the idiot Hawks. Yeah, we're, yeah, there you go. We're RVTV without the Hawks. There yeah. you go. And no RVs. And no RVs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and we will bring Cody Road. <laughs> we will bring that. Uh, yeah, but that, again, that's coming this week. So get on it. Yeah, please. And, and Isaiah Lee is verbally he's committed. Good. He's, he's in. I got and oh, we got. I got some guys. There's some good. There's some good yeah. dudes on this team. Well, we got to bring Emily Ryan back now because she's all oh, rock star. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Emily Ryan's gonna have this like legendary senior year after the way it all went down. So thanks to a generous We Will donor, we took her to the uh, character counts evening with Alan Lazard. She have a good time. Oh, it was a blast. She's great. I love her. Ashley Jones was there too. It's great. Uh, okay, so the linebacker I found to be the most difficult position. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot there. I have Vaughn and Ellis at, uh, at the weak side. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Vaughn's probably the guy. Vaughn, Vaughn's your, yeah. yeah. Vaughn's at, the known commodity at there. middle, I have McLaughlin yep. and Mendozan. Yeah, and I, yeah. Mendezun, yep. Mendezun. Miles. Yeah, Miles, yeah. Yep. At... Strong side, I I had Zach Lovett and Karsten Marshall. Yep. You like that? Yeah, and then Willick, Willick's going to play a lot. I don't know where he exactly fits in there. Well, that that's the problem with these linebackers is there's – I feel like there's going to be like 10 combinations they use. But again, in the parameters of this, I have right. to put no, two. You Having Lovett in there is a good call. He's going to play. He's going to play a lot. I like what McLaughlin can do. Um, and then obviously – You've got um, the stalwart in, in Gary Vaughn, which another big big That's plus to have him back. That's the guy. But there's some young guys there that are really pushing. Uh, I think you'll get excited about. And the great thing now, I think what you'll see from Iowa State, they're so good in the secondary C-dub that you could see a Bo Friedler play a lot of yeah. that, like, star. Yeah. You know, point. as almost a third linebacker. Let's go, yeah, to... Secondary is so good. Yeah, I have Freeler and Trevon Howard. At MS, at BS, I have Malik, Verdon, yep. and Trayvon McGee. Free safety, I have Jeremiah Cooper and Blake Thompson. Okay, yep. And then the corners, I think, are pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah. Purchase, Porter, Tampa, and I would probably put Porter there too, but you, you have to put different guys, so I, I put Terrell Crosby. 
Man, yeah, I, this secondary is pretty loaded. Is man. as good as it's been. Is is that the best secondary in Iowa State history? Right there. I mean, I, too I deep? think I think too deep wise. It, it's, I mean, on paper, I, going into a year, I'd have to say so. You've got three or four NFL guys there, and that hasn't happened. So, I mean, purchase. Well, Tampa's a lock, right? I think Purchase certainly has the the caliber. Feels Freeler like does. Purchase is an Verdon to me. When Verdon was healthy last year, he totally was totally changed good. the defense when he got hurt. He was so good. Yeah, watch the Baylor game again. Verdon was just popped all over the place. I was thinking. I, I think that I think the world of that guy and Jeremiah Cooper had maybe the most underappreciated year from a freshman in Iowa State history. If you look at what he did last yeah, year yeah. as a true freshman, and he's back and healthy. So yeah, I, I'm a I'm big on the secondary. Okay. Well, that's where I went. I, and what I, about kicker and punter? I went Gilbert and Perkins. Okay. All right. I don't Feels see, like Jace Gilbert really... Uh, be a redemption story. Yeah. I can I'm see, really rooting for him. I can see the Randy Pete column already. Oh, yeah. Jace Gilbert's team. Gilbert silences the doubters. It's his Cyclones now. That poor kid. Yeah, the fact that he stuck it out though, like I, everybody loves Jason. Well, I mean, when you got when you got Brock Purdy texting you, yeah, Bible right. verses and stuff. Heavy. I mean, come on, it helps. Absolutely, man. No, I think this will be fun. I think it'll be a good. And uh, portal opened in football today or yesterday. Don't anticipate any surprises, FYI. At Iowa State, yeah, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Do they have any spots open? Uh, that, that, I don't, the, that I, I don't think they do right now. Is there any way to look at the portal? Oh. Or is that like just a know. thing that I don't like know if it's, I don't know. Have. I don't know if it's to pay for it. That's a really good question. I don't know. I'd pay for it. I think I would too. I, have, I, don't, I don't know. I've looked. I, I've tried and I, I just... Like 247 does a pretty good job. Yeah, they're a lot more it, automated. Yeah, there's yeah. got to be. Maybe, maybe there's a subscription service or something. I don't know. I, it'll be a fun year. Be fun year. All right, there you go. Little spring football, spring game. Campbell wants to do it. We're all in, baby. We're gonna do a, a we will social for letter winners. If you're a football letter winner, when is that? After the game. Can I come? Yeah, I think you're I might... not a letter winner, but you're close. Well, enough. I know, but I know most of those guys yeah. who are gonna be. Yeah, you're, there. yeah, we're gonna have it. Uh, we we rent it out, suit up, end zone club, and we're gonna have all the football letter winners. And we're basically providing I mean, them some appetizers and some drinks to le- I, learn about We Will. I'm not looking for any, but it'd be good research, you know? Yeah, no, for it's me, we're gonna as have, a journalist. It's actually really cool because I found that the football player, the, the former letter winners, are actually been the most supportive of any demographic. Dude, they just want to be reached out to by and these programs. So we're going to have like they do. 150 former letter winners. That's at awesome. This social. Oh, I don't know if I need. That's a lot of people. No, you'll be fine. It's B. Meyer and Blythe going? I, d- I don't know if I've seen that. They better be for me. Is Carper going? I think Car. I think I did see Carper on the RCP list. Yeah, I'll check in on that. One last thing, just a little teaser. We will net. What is next? Noise. What are we calling it? Next generation basketball camps coming with the oh. Iowa State basketball teams. You'll that see something cool. this week where Iowa State men's and women's players are going to be running camps for us, just like they did back in the Cyclone basketball camp era. You want me to this g- time? We can uh, we can pay them for it. Do you want me to give motivational speeches to the kids? You're the you're the entertainment halfway through. <laughs> I'll be like the what's her name the gal that she's on the big 
unicycle flipping plates on her head. <laughs> yeah, and here he is, cycle fanatics Chris <laughs> Williams, um, throwing stuff on his head. Come on, buy yourself a bottle of Cody Road this week, everybody. Take care. Yeah, take care. Have a great week. Peace. Sure.